And I believe we have uh, the congressman uh, on hold and on air with us right now. Congressman John Shimkus, thanks so much for uh, joining us on election night. Um, We can't really start this interview without talking about coronavirus. Uh, Talk about how it has impacted your life there on Capitol Hill, both professionally and your personal life as well. Well, first, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, as I we're going to talk about elections, but uh, as I went to two different polling places today, uh, it uh, at least in the ones I visited, one was uh, looked like it had average attendance. The other one had a pretty good attendance. So it's 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 a weird environment that we are we we are living in. I, I there's so many stressors on our country right now. First of all, the the health aspects, right? Trying to uh, stop the spread, encourage people to help us, um, in essence, uh, broaden the the the, uh, the wedge or the uh, the curve, lower the curve, so we don't overload the healthcare community, and and really preach, you know, individual responsibility and social distancing, and these large groups, and you know, the governors come in pretty hard, and I think part of that response is irresponsibility by citizens over the last weekend, and it's a serious thing. I I did a little op-ed today trying to uh you know encourage the people who are following me just to say we're all in this together and and so we got the health issue first and then we have the economy now we got all the people being told to stay home uh we have people who you know live paycheck to paycheck and if they're not going to get a paycheck then we have to have a response in dc which we did in the, the the special spending bill and then we've got a an authorization bill that that helps provide other, you know, some uh, other legislative responses to be able to help. And there will be more to come as, uh, um, you know, both sides of the aisle are all united in making sure that the damage to our country isn't too great. Um, in reality, you, you go through an event like this, there's going to be there's going to be some, uh, you know, damage <laughs> in the economy and loss of lives and we're trying to you know try to to stabilize that so that when we when this this passed we can then start recovering how would you evaluate the president's response to the pandemic do you feel it's been adequate well i you know the i'm really concerned about this he said she said blame or not blame um I think if if you go through the timeline and see immediately upon, you know, um, you know, banning and um, the uh, immigration and and movement of people from China right off the bat, um, you can honestly say that his first spending proposal was 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 about five billion less than what we actually spent. Um, but really uh do we really need to point fingers now when we're trying to everybody get their act together and the other the other thing that really bothers me is that uh this is a this is a disease that is spreading around the world it started in china and we're trying to blame each other this is this is unfortunate 
Congressman, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. This is Michael Kaiser here, and, and I know it's a difficult time, but that's you, men- you mentioned you went to two polling places today. You've been running for office for some time now, more than two decades at least, for Congress. Uh, what was it like for you going to a polling places when you're not on the ballot? How was that weird? Was that different, or was that something you're just, like, relaxed about? I was relaxed. It was actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but I am on a but I am on the ballot because I put my name on for uh, a precinct commitment. Oh, right. So, uh, so in my in my precinct, I'm uh, I'm on that one single ballot. But <laughs> no, I, it was great. I know the judges there. That's where I vote. I actually delivered pizzas for lunch to uh, there's there's at the First Baptist Church in Collinsville. There's two precincts there. Uh, Collinsville four and five and visited with both, uh, the judges. And again, I, I voted in this, this area and this precinct since 1993. So, uh, it was nice. They were very, you know, both sides, the Republican and the Democrat judges were happy to see me. We, we did a lot of small talk and I, it was, it was great. I, I, I felt no regret. I didn't feel like, oh, what did I do? I feel like <laughs> I'm ready for the next chapter. Well, let, let me ask you this. I, I know that uh, you made your initial announcement uh, down in St. Louis and on KMOX, and then you kind of spread the word out that you weren't running again, but then you got asked to reconsider. How close? I know your wife was, I, I saw the interview with you, and then, I mean, you and your wife together, How cl- and how happy she was, but in your family, how close to you were you maybe – did you ever at one point lead back the other direction when you were asked to reconsider it? Did you ever feel like you might change your mind? Or were you just, even after you reconsidered, you still were confident the whole time you weren't going to change your mind? No, well, what happened when it was, uh, I think a lot of people got confused because, you know, the media sometimes is, you know, the breaking news and sometimes it's, it's <laughs> not the breaking, you know, and people hear about it a month later and they say, oh, you're reconsidering. I only had a, I only had a week to reevaluate based upon Illinois got an early primary, mm-hmm. you know, the filing, the getting petitions. So um, once the senior Republican on this committee that I'm on announced his retirement, which was unexpected, uh, people said, hey, you are even senior to him. Uh, we'd love you to reconsider and, and be the senior Republican on this with managing commerce committee, which is health care, telecommunications, energy, and stuff that I've done for 23 plus years. So I, I needed to at least reevaluate that with the change conditions and see if, if now uh, I was willing to you know, start the engines again and be all in. There is a saying for politicians is, you know, do you have the fire in the belly? And the fire in the belly is, is, is that which helps you go until 10 o'clock at night when most people are putting their pajamas on, right? So um, I just didn't have the fire in the belly anymore. And it, it was a good thing to reevaluate, but uh, – um, I'm good with the decision, and again, I'm looking for the next chapter. It sounds to me like that uh, because you re- had a, a brief reconsidering period to kind of give you a, a really good peace of mind that you had made the right decision because sometimes people make the decision to retire or move on, and there isn't that reconsidering period no matter how long it may be. But it seems like to me you got that really peace of mind uh, part and with that short reconsidering period. 
Yeah, it might be a blessing in disguise. I mean, it was you know, that week that I had to relook at it. It was it was tough because I every 15 minutes when I was in D.C., I was a yes, I was a no, and you got all these people or you know you know pushing you one way or the other. Um, but then I got to get home and um, as people who follow us, you know, and I'm not trying to be sad sack or cry. I mean, this, this type, this profession is very hard on, on families and long distances. Look, you guys up in champagne, that's a two and a half hour drive from, from where I live. So when <laughs> yeah. I'm up there, uh, it just to go up there, that's a five hour round trip. And that means that's five hours, uh, that you're not at home. So it's, uh, it's a blessing. I'd never, I, I, I'm glad I did it. I have no regrets, but it's, it's time. We're speaking with Congressman John Chimkus, 15th District, of course, announced his retirement last year. This will be his last term in office. He's currently running in here on the WDWS's election night coverage. John, also the, the U.S. Census is going on. It's underway. People can start uh, putting their information down for that to get a, a correct uh, census count. Of course, that's what the U.S. government is hopeful for, is get, hopeful for, is get as correct as count as possible. Um there's obviously the potential elimination of congressional seats in Washington when the count is, is finalized uh, down the road. Um, and one of the rumored seats to be eliminated could be your current seat uh, two years from now. So even if you would have run again, you would have gotten to two more years in Washington. Did that play a factor at all? Or was that something very low level? And, and was it even in the back of your mind? Yeah, first of all, let me encourage people, your listeners, to fill out their census form. And that's not <laughs> I just did it two days ago. I mean, yeah. I, and I put it up on the website. It's really easy to do. It took about seven minutes. You do it online and you're done. And uh, the reality is I have my father living with me right now. So I counted him. I, my son's back from the before and I counted him. So the four people who are living in my house as of April 1st of this year are now officially counted. So it's easy. You want to encourage people to do it. Yeah. Uh, the, the the next thing is I've been really through three redistricting. My first race in 92 against Dick Durbin for Congress, a lot of people don't know that, is because he got gerrymandered and redrawn down into the Madison County area. Um, since then, I have that district, which I eventually won once he ran for the Senate. Then then I had the ninth, that was the 20th district, then I had the 19th district, now I have the 15th district. What I talk when I visit schools and I talk about this process, the census is important because it gives you the population and then you got to put a congressman in every state and then the remaining congressman, you you do the math and you find out how many seats are in that district. And I think Illinois will lose one or at least two. And most states by their constitution or what they do basically is erase all the lines and they draw new they drew they draw new lines. So right now we have 18 members of Congress. If we go down to 17, they they in essence in theory just erase all those lines and now draw 17. The the terrible thing would be happen would happen if if we end up losing two. Um, you know, some of these districts are just I, I, I mean my district right now is parts of 33 counties. Mm-hmm. And that's a third of the state. Um try to cover that and make people believe that you really are concerned about where they live and you know their communities. It's very hard to do. Talking with Congressman John Shimkus here on News Talk 1400 WDWS.
Uh, Congressman, before we move off this current race, I, I do want to reflect on your time in Congress and what your priorities are going to be uh, in these final months. But real quick on the Republican primary that we're voting on today, uh, forgive me if I missed it, but have you made an endorsement or do you plan to? No, I did not. And I talked to all of them. Anyone who asked for advice, I gave them advice. They all they all asked for an endorsement for the most part. There's there's you know two that have been working work, running real hard. Um, three that have been around, and the the fourth one I think realized he's been more <laughs> and and really hasn't been that that much around. So I'm happy in that I'm allowing them to put together their team. Uh, and then, um, without intervening and it's, it's, and I, and I fully believe that whoever wins the Republican primary is a very Republican and very conservative district will win the general election. And so whoever puts together the, the best team to win the primary and the finances to do that should do well in November. And so I have stayed out of it. Well, let's talk about your time uh, on Capitol Hill. Reflect on it a little bit, if you don't mind. You can go in any direction you'd like when you think about it. Highlights, lowlights, what comes to mind? Well, you know, I, I, it's a great question. Um, I have to believe that uh, the if you look at the clips, and I have, I've been going through boxes and files and uh, my archives will go to Southern Illinois University at Edgeville, where I have my MBA. So we have already negotiated that with them. And so I've already started going through stuff. You know, I ran as a conservative, a pro-life Second Amendment, uh, less government, individual responsibility, lower taxes, more personal freedoms and liberties. And I think in total, when people look at the 24 years, I think for most part, they're going to be able to say, yeah, that's that's the kind of member he was. Um, so I, people know I've been very involved in renewable fuels. I've been very supportive of the North Atlantic Treaty, Treaty Organization. I've been very involved in democracy and freedom movements in Eastern Europe. Uh, I've done a lot of 911 emergency communications issues. Uh, the You know, we've done our best to uh, make sure that Americans have affordable, low-cost electricity. Um, and I've been known to be an advocate of trying to deal with our nuclear waste issues around the country, which we have 30 states and 139 states and 121 locations. Uh, failures? Um, it's, I shouldn't joke about it, but I was crying and bemoaning and uh, about the $4 trillion national debt when I ran in 1996. And now it's $22 trillion. Um, Haven't made much progress on reducing our national debt or the deficit. And now with, you know, the, with the, the, the problems we're facing as a nation right now, uh, we're going to be spending a lot of money to try to make sure most Americans aren't, you know, too harmed by this crisis we find ourselves. And in your final time in Washington, and I'm guessing your response will maybe be some of the things you already just mentioned, uh, the debt renewable energy, but what will your priorities be as you wind down your time on Capitol Hill? Well, I think now it's all coronavirus all the time. I mean, I'm not sure what else will uh, will grab our attention, nor do I know 
how much we're actually going to be back in Washington. I mean, there's some rumors we're going to have to get back uh, to cast uh, another vote on, uh, the, in essence, a, however you count it, a second or a third stimulus bill. Uh, there's also debates and discussions about who can get back and who's willing to fly. Remember, I mean, flying is not uh, social distancing. And, you know, I've been on a plane four times in the last two weeks. Um, so it's, I don't know what else we're going to see occur, but a response to the coronavirus and, uh, and our attempt to recover from it to be in a position where uh you know we can get through you know the election cycle and and cast our votes and get to the next congress and the and the next presidency uh, congressman you, you mentioned this you don't know how much they're going to be in session how difficult is it to get things done and we got that stimulus uh economic thing that was moved around today more than 800 billion dollars on top of the other uh package that was moved over the weekend in, in the house um, how difficult is it to get things done? I know the state of Illinois and the legislature here is is not going to be in session this week. They're not sure when they're going to be back in session, and they have to get a budget done by the end of May. I mean, how difficult is it to get things done uh, when you guys really aren't supposed to be in the same room together? Well, I I, I think I don't think we know because the last time we were on the floor, we were all on the floor, and that was before the, gosh, don't be in a room with over 50 people where – well, the chamber has 435 yeah. plus our delegate. So um, the, we don't know that. And then the question is, then do you do a elongated vote where you hold the vote open for four to six hours, you let people come and go, and you monitor who gets on the floor and who, who leaves the floor? Um, I, this is new. This is uncharted territory. And uh, I don't think – people know the answer to that question well but it, I, let me just say sure. it's good that the country and, and that the uh you know kevin mccarthy and nancy pelosi and mcconnell and schumer the president although we fight and scratch scratch and kick and scream uh i think most people are looking at this as and we are a united in the country and trying to address this by the passage of the bills are there people who have voted no on some of these bills yes I mean, but that's up for the, their constituents to decide, good or bad. But I think the last bill we voted on on the floor of the House, you had probably uh, 380 yes votes, and it's bipartisan. In in crisis, we will unite, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I, I would say last Wednesday night's when really the nation – started paying close attention when the NBA game and the Jazz and the Thunder and the player tested positive for the Jazz. The next day, a second Jazz player tested positive, and the NCAA tournament, conference tournaments were being canceled last Thursday. I think the nation went, whoa, okay, <laughs> something's going on here more than maybe people let on. There's still people, some people questioning whether it's overreaction. Uh, but how proud of you, it just as you mentioned, the bipartisan vote in the House, a significant uh, margin there for that first package that – how fast you guys moved on this once things really got going crazy at the end of last week? And pretty fast. I mean, I, I've, again, I visit schools quite a bit. I love talking about the process and our constitution and, and the uh, work that we're uh, obviously we are, we're federalist in, in design, but we have separation of power and we have competing interests. Uh, it's, 
it's it's good to see that we can move and when we need to expeditiously for and, and come to an agreement. I mean, what could have happened? And I and I was quoted in some in 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 either print, some print or media before the uh, stimulus was put on the floor. And what, oh, the only thing I caution as long as the Democrats don't overreach. And there was some overreaching in the initial proposals, and they pulled those back so we could get a, a good bipartisan vote. And that's what needs that when that's what needs to happen on both sides. We we <laughs> we know you know what rings each other's bell, and we know what we add, what we can can add in provisions that really drive our opponents crazy. Um, in times of crisis, you don't put those in bills. Um, when when there's peace and prosperity and and everything's going great, then you can have those ideological fights. But when you need to get a united vote, you just you just don't put those things on either side in these bills that would cause the cri- a crisis. Congressman John Shimkus, retiring Congressman John Shimkus, we appreciate uh, working with you over the years, and we appreciate your time tonight. Enjoy election night with a little less stress, I guess. Yeah, a little less stress. Thank you very much. Great to hear from you. That Thanks, is John. Congressman John Shimkus joining us here on DWS.